or Die podcast, Catechism of the Catholic Church in the year. Today is day 122, and we begin with number 904. Christ fulfills this prophetic office, not only by the hierarchy, but also by the laity. He accordingly both establishes them as witnesses and provides them with the sense of faith, sensus fide, and the grace of the word. To teach in order, to lead others to the faith, is the task of every preacher and of each believer. Lay people also fulfill their prophetic mission by evangelization, that is, the proclamation of Christ by word and the testimony of life. For lay people, this evangelization acquires a specific property and peculiar efficacy because it is accomplished in the ordinary circumstances of the world. This witness of life, however, is not the sole element in the apostolate. The true apostle is on the lookout for occasions of announcing Christ by word, either to unbelievers or to the faithful. Lay people who are capable and trained may also collaborate in catechetical formation, in teaching the sacred sciences, and in use of the communications media. In accord with the knowledge, competence, and preeminence which they possess, lay people have the right, and even at times a duty, to manifest to the sacred pastors their opinions on matters which pertain to the good of the church, and they have a right to make their opinion known to the other Christian faithful, with due regard to the integrity of faith and morals and reverence toward their pastors, and with consideration for the common good and the dignity of persons. By his obedience unto death, Christ communicated to his disciples the gift of royal freedom, so that they might, by the, by self abnegation of a holy life, overcome the reign of sin in themselves. That man is rightly called a king who makes his own body an obedient subject, and by governing himself with suitable rigor, refuses to let his passions breed rebellion in his soul, for he exercises a kind of royal power over himself. And because he knows how to rule his own person as a king, so too does he sit as its judge. He will not let himself be imprisoned by sin, or thrown headlong into wickedness. Moreover, by uniting their voices, let the laity so remedy the institutions and conditions of the world when the latter are an inducement to sin, that these may be conformed to the norms of justice, favoring rather than hindering the practice of virtue. By doing so, they will impregnate culture and human works with a moral value. The laity can also feel called, or be in fact called to cooperate with their pastors in the service of the ecclesial community for the sake of its growth and life. This can be done through the exercise of different kinds of ministries according to grace and charisms which the Lord has been pleased to bestow upon them. In the church, lay members of the Christian faithful can cooperate in the exercise of this power of governance in accordance with, in accord with the norm of law. And so the church provides for their presence at particular councils, diocesan synods, pastoral councils, the exercise of the pastoral care of a parish, collaboration in finance committees, and participation in ecclesial tribunals, etc. The faithful should distinguish carefully between the rights and duties which they have as a belonging to the church and those which fall to them as members of the human society. They will strive to unite the two harmoniously, remembering that in every temporal affair they are to be guided by a Christian conscience, since no human activity, even of the temporal order, can be withdrawn from God's dominion. 
Thus, every person, through these gifts given to him, is at once the witness and the living instrument of the mission of the church itself, according to the measure of Christ's bestowal. Father. Thanks, Bill. You know, there, there are two very distinct sections in this in the section that we read today. Um, the first is on the per- lay participation in Christ's prophetic office, and there's two points I really kind of want to highlight. The first is this idea of census fidei, which is this instinct, the supernatural instinct of the faithful to understand the faith, right? Um, that, that's, the, that's the basic definition. There's a whole beautiful theological document about it, but um, but basically it's by baptism every every person, right? Because as, as we, you know, if you've, if, you've ever, if you've been to a baptism recently, or more like a baptismal prep recently, you'll notice that there's a, a dialogue at the beginning. What what do you uh, what have you named your child, parents? And what do you ask of God's church for, you know, so and so? And and there's a couple of responses. One is baptism, but another one that's also appropriate, and I think even the primary one is faith. We're not asking just for the sacrament, but truly for um, this infusion of faith, this complete gift of of grace, um, or grace of faith. And so from that reception by our baptism we're able to understand the faith, not necessarily be able to, um, you know, be able to, you're not going to be able to quote Aquinas uh, just because you've been baptized, but at the same time, you're able to understand what the, what the, the church is saying, even without her actually enunciating it. Um, I know it sounds like it's, it's maybe a bit, a bit of a stretch, but it actually makes perfect sense if you think about in the entire history of the church, right? And, and what, what we've hold, held fast to in the midst of, of all the cultural changes. The second thing within this prophetic office is uh, is this quote from Lumen Gentium where it says, the witness of life, however, is not the sole element in the apostolate. And I immediately thought of the v- probably most famous St. Francis of Assisi quote, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. And it's one of my least favorite quotes, not because it's completely wrong, but rather just because it's completely overused for the sake of being kind of weak, right? Kind of, kind of shy about the faith, right? Like, well, it's not that I don't want to preach. It's that I just, I just want to preach by my actions and not my words. Well, shoot. Well, then you better be a saint first. If you're going to try that game, you know, that's why Francis was able to pull off. That's why his first brethren were able to pull it off. Not because they, they didn't worry about ever preaching. Those guys preached and preached hard, but because they knew that the first witness has to be a good, holy life. I, you know, I think to myself of working with the missionaries of charity and watching them, who are amongst the holiest <laughs> women who I've ever been around in my entire life, and they still preach the gospel with their words when, when their life isn't enough, right? They like the, we have a duty and a calling to to use both our actions. And it is going to be necessary at times to to use our words. I think there's a there's a better Saint Francis of Assisi quote um, in trying to understand this, which is that uh, we ought not to take a step if it is not to preach the word of God. Right? That it's it's <laughs> let's reverse how we think. We're not we're not oh if I happen to preach the gospel it'll be a great thing. No, every aspect of our life should be for it, for the glorifying of God and the building up of His kingdom, which is both word and action. And then there is a second uh, section of, of what we've read today, which is the participation in Christ's kingly office, right? Which is this kind of understanding, lay participation in the church in terms of governance. And um, the church is very gentle in, in reminding 
um, ourselves, basically, to say, no, 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 the lady absolutely can do things like teach theology, right? That's that, um, the, the sacred sciences uh, that, that talks about, um, and, and all of those things. But, but for the most part, the, they're saying, the church is saying, but remember, it's supposed to be in right order. Because the primary purpose of, well, not the primary purpose, but the, the primary apostolate of the laity is not within the church, but outside of it. To bring the gospel into the world so that our, our, our you know, what our every action will be f- as if it were the governance of the church. It won't be so that I can conform the church to my image and to the world's image, but rather that the world can be transformed into from kingdom of man to kingdom of God, that this is, this is the, the flip is, 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 this is the reminder is that, you know, we're not, we don't want to close in on ourselves. We don't want to have, it's not that we don't want lay participation in the church and in the governance. It's that if we do that with a, with an outlook of updating the church, we've already lost. We, we want to hold fast to those things that, that God has ordained. And so we look to, the lady using their gifts well within the church, but also with an eye always of pushing the church out further, bringing more people into her so that more people will live with God.